Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to another Queen Deep. D- <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I am so sorry. I ate some pecans <laughs> a few minutes ago. Clearly, not a good idea. I think I'm just going to keep this intro because that is a completely unplanned moment. And sometimes I love those moments because life is real. And as luck would have it, the stars are aligning. That's what we are talking about today. And I think I'm going to be awfully reflective on this one. Yes, it's a queen deep dive. Did I actually not get to finish that when I tried to say it? It's a queen deep dive day. I'm very excited to be back at it. And there's a little bit of a reason for my delay, actually. A massive resource I've been going to for many contemporary reviews, statements about music, albums, singles, has been down since about New Year's, maybe even before that. Queen Archive, is it Queen Archives? Singular, I don't remember. I should, I go there so much. Regardless, the website is down. First I was getting an error and now I don't think I'm seeing anything. And I'm super sad because I'm really concerned. It's very hard to get some of that information. I, I looked and I was able to thankfully find enough for this episode today that is actually quite a bit. I'm excited to talk about this. Life is real. I'm excited to dive into this one. We're talking about dive number 115, track seven on Queen's 10th album, Hot Space, released in 1982. This is Freddie Mercury's composition, Life is Real, song for Lennon. If there was any doubt, this is an ode to John Lennon after his death. And it's also a personal admission from Freddie. A personal admission. This is, that second part of it is kind of mind-blowing for me. And, and I'll go into why my opinion on this song has changed a lot recently. My feelings around it, how I hear it, my reaction to it, what I think about it, all of it has really changed. And I'll tell you guys why. This life is real. This pop rock ballad, this is the first thing we've had on Hot Space like this. This is like several diversions we've had with Freddie, where we go from something really up-tempo, an album that's packed with plenty of rock punch and all kinds of dynamic sounds and genres, and then we dip into something that's very subdued and very reserved, but still no less expressive. This is the brilliance of Freddie, really all of them. The guys are very good at taking something, even when it's soft, and unassuming and quiet and putting a lot of impact into it. I think here, Freddie does a marvelous job with Life Is Real. Track seven. This was actually the B-side to Body Language, released in April 19th of 82 in the UK and the US. It was the lead single, remember? The lead single off Hot Space was Body Language. And I gotta say, An interesting choice, right? Putting life is real. After that song that sounds nothing like it, because again, this is the first time on Hot Space we hear something of this nature. It's the first time we get this kind of a ballad. It's a nod to previous Freddie moments like this. In a way, like 
perhaps you take my breath away, but still very, very different. I would say the performance, the vocal performance here is really something. I'm going to go into great detail on that. But yes, the B-side to body language, a very surprising choice, if I may say so. And really, I've read people think this would have been a great single all, all on its own. Some people love it that much. We are at 81 beats per minute. It's very slow. Time signature, simple, common, 4-4. Four, four. And we have some nice shifts in key, not unlike a Freddie composition at all. We have G major, a moment of B minor, a touch of D major before we fall back into the main key of G major. So we have some movement here, which is nice. I don't think we've had that much. Haven't seen that much, heard that much on Hot Space, where we went into these different keys. Remember when we had five, six, seven key changes in a song? Hello, March of the Black Queen. No, we haven't had that in a very long time. The guys have learned, I think, to reel in the arrangements and the production and make something that is just as amazing. Less is more. I think they've put that approach to good use, even if it wasn't a conscious approach. That's what it seems to me going through all of these deep dives and knowing the music and the song so well at this point. That's what we have here. I've talked about that before. This is nothing like anything before it in Queen's entire catalog, really, not just on Hot Space. Freddie's tribute to Lennon features a very, it's a distinctively Lennon-esque arrangement and sound. From the fluttering synth strings all the way to those twinkling, cascading piano arrangements in a simple, melodic, pleading ballad. Each of the boys provides gentle, adamant performances. This is what I was saying. They're pulling back on the reins, but there's so much intention, so much feeling. A lot of it across the board. Brian's guitars, multiple, electric and acoustic, delicate, lyrical. John dances on his bass. He provides this persistent and at times very singable performance. Quite the movement in his notes here. You know, there's a lot of bass arrangements that simply hit the tonic of a chord or the fifth of a chord or maybe the third. But John goes outside those lines big time, and I love him for it. Roger's strategic drumming, lush cymbals, glittering accents. He always knows exactly where to crash a riff or a swell for the most impact. And Freddie, he really shines here. Piano, keyboards, all vocals, tender, emotional. His phrasing, vocally and instrumentally, it's gorgeous. It gels and intensifies as it plays. You feel, you just, you feel this one in a different way. Certainly differently compared to earlier hot space numbers. You believe Freddie feels this and it's more than just an imitation and absolutely beyond emulation. It's a confession from our front man and quite personal. And here's where I'm gonna tell you my feelings around it. Because that last bit about this being a very personal thing is brand new to me. I thought this song was simply a nod to John Lennon. 
I, I thought it was Freddie's admiration for this man, obviously, and all four of the boys, I think, greatly appreciated and or loved the Beatles, John Lennon. No doubt about that. And we'll talk about that some more too. So there was a tenderness and a sensitivity to this and a sweetness to it simply because of that fact that this is a tribute to John Lennon after he was killed. Freddie felt that immensely. I'm sure all of them did, as did many people. I mean, when that happened, it was devastating to people. I've read articles from that time. This was something that impacted the whole world. It was crazy. So Freddie writes about, writes in this style. He wanted to write it this way. And that was initially the biggest thing I got from it was Freddie wanted to write something that John would write. He wanted to honor that talent. So he did this. What I didn't know was the lyrics in this song are very, very personal coming from Freddie. This is not just him putting himself into a role or making up a life of someone else, etc. He is speaking about himself, his thoughts, his feelings, his fears, his wants, his needs. This is very, very personal. And the only reason I know that is because of quotes I found from Brian, Freddie's personal assistant. I'm going to tell you in a minute. These words are coming from the depths of Freddie, and it's very revealing. We've talked about Freddie and his enigmatic personality, the fantasy, the exaggeration, but you can get snippets of who he really was in all of that. Far be it from me to say what was real, what wasn't. I'm sure even the other three still don't know the answers to some of those questions, but I can tell you this much. The man expressed himself sometimes unapologetically. We know he put his passions, his enthusiasm, his domination out there on stage. He left it out there every single night, but there's these soft reflecting moments buried in songs like this that tell us a lot about what he feared and who he was. So when I listen to this now, it's very, very different because before I appreciated it for what it was but it didn't jump out at me. It didn't grab me as much as some of the other compositions from Freddie, and especially when you consider the ballads he's written. But this, Life is Real, song for Lennon, this song says a lot about Freddie's admiration for John Lennon, his respect, his love for that work and that music and that talent, and his own self and how he feels about all of it together kind of wraps it up into this little glittering thing that now when I listen to this and I got this feeling as I was listening to it over and over and taking it in and thinking about the movement of the notes and the expression of this as I was doing this queen deep dive, doing the prep for it, I thought to myself, this speaks to me a lot more than it used to because all of a sudden I realized just how much is coming directly from Freddie and he's putting it out there. And I don't know if a lot of people realize that because not everybody's out there looking at the things that other people have said about the composition of this song. 
So if this is new to you and you suddenly think to yourself, you know, I never thought that much about that song. I urge you to go listen to it again. And I'm going to give you even more context about the lyrics, where they came from, what Brian, Freddie's personal assistant, have said about this song. And this was actually performed five times live, all in 1982, and it's a very, very different song live. No drums at all, no percussion for the first verses, the first two, I think. A simple player piano sound, guitar, bass. It's gorgeous. In that simplicity, it's gorgeous. Freddie sounds absolutely lovely in it, passionate. When you consider the aggressiveness of some of the songs on this tour. I mean, all of them really, but even on this tour. And you look at this and you, you hear this, you, you think, wow, the control of Freddie's voice on this is quite stunning in a live setting. And when Roger finally comes in on those full booming drums, which always sound that much more alive on a stage, singing harmonies, and we get Brian on stunning acoustic, in that moving solo, this is an entirely different queen, in a way. The characteristics we know are there, the style, that flair, the undeniable moves, the sounds that make them so distinct. But the expression here is unique, and it's pretty, and it's honest. It's a true, true ballad without a hint of heavy rock. And that conclusion at the end, the swell of symbols, wow. It all comes together. Freddie has a moment here on stage. I love this so much more than the album. It's even more real. Maybe it's the piano or the drums, Freddie's unforgettable performance. I don't know. What I do know is when I hear a live performance of this, I wish I could capture that and stick it in album quality and just listen to it over and over again because there's something about it that takes those wonderful elements of a Lennon composition and infuses it with Freddie's touch, which only he has, as well as the other boys playing, singing, performing, giving it 150% as they always did, especially on a stage. It, it, this is just such a nice song live. Such a nice song live. And to say that about a ballad, which is already so well composed, because let's face it, the structure of this song is really nice. The phrases all have a lot of length to them. There's a lot of movement. They're not so brief that you don't have time to let it sink in. There's actually moments where you can feel it a little more, I think because the phrasing is a little bit stretched, just a little bit bigger, has more time to shine. Fun facts about Life is Real, Song for Lennon. So obviously the influence of John Lennon and the Beatles in Queen was and is immense. They played Imagine live four times in 1980 after Lennon's death. And Brian has played this song, Life is Real, song for Lennon, performing it with vocalist Carrie Ellis, who he's partnered with, collaborated with before many times. They performed this song a number of times over the years, more recently, in fact. Now, the big thing, the lyrics were written before the music, which was a rarity for Queen, or at least for Freddie, apparently. And this song's sound and style, it might emulate various Lennon numbers like Just Like Starting Over and Beautiful Boy. 
That's a wonderful song, Beautiful Boy. And this happens to be exactly the same length in time as the previous action this day on Hot Space at three minutes and 33 seconds. And I say that because my favorite number is three. <laughs> and there's three of them. It doesn't really mean anything. I am not a superstitious person. What did Michael Scott say? I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> no, I am not that person, but I do like the number three. I just do. And yes, I have band critique for Life is Real. I have it. I have some words from our frontman, our composer, wonderful, fabulous Freddie. He said, quote, I basically write the tune. I write the song around the melody most of the time. Sometimes a lyric will get me started. Life is Real was one of those because the words came first. I just really got into it. Pages after pages, all kinds of words. Then I just put it into a song. I just felt that it could be a Lennon type thing, unquote. So when you hear him say that, it's almost like because he wrote the lyrics first, he wasn't even thinking at the time when the lyrics were pouring out of him. Gosh, that's so nice when they just fly out of you. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, my goodness. These words, these thoughts, these feelings are just pouring out of him. What did he say? Pages and pages. And then it's later that he's like, okay, maybe this could sound like a Lennon type thing. I love that because I think it emphasizes even more just how personal the words are that we're getting from him. And that statement he made, Freddie, was international musician and recording world in July of 82. Now, Brian, at a Milan press conference in 2016, yes, this was far more recent, but I found it, I had to grab it because it says so much. Listen to this. Quote, it's a song which wasn't a hit, but very much from Freddie's heart. It has a stark reality to it. It talks about the way Freddie saw life. In Bohemian Rhapsody, you get nothing really matters. But in Life is Real, you get what he feels when he wakes up in the morning, which is massive stuff, hard to articulate. And I think it's a very brave song. He expresses his guilt and his fears. It's not a rock star song. It's not like, hey, how great it is to get drunk. It's a song about really the vulnerability that he feels inside. So I love this stuff, unquote. I could have said just that, and that would be enough, I think, to give you everything you need to know about this song and why it's such a special thing, not just on Hot Space, but I think in their whole catalog, because it's such a personal expression. And yeah, maybe some of the other songs are like that too, but this is the first time I think I've read something like that from Brian about something Freddie wrote. So that's a big deal. Now, Peter Freestone, this was Freddie's personal assistant from 1980 to 91. Peter Freestone, in his 2001 intimate memoir, recalled the moment Freddie began writing this. And this is quite interesting. Listen to this. Quote, the creative process which marked the emergence of the strangely autobiographical life is real started 30,000 feet up in the air over the Atlantic. We were flying back 
from New York to London on our way to Switzerland, paying no particular attention to anything when Freddie turned around and said, where's your paper and pen? I've just come up with some words. When we finally got into the studio from the airport, he sat down at the piano and just started playing. He would let his fingers play over the keys until a tune with which he was happy was finalized. Tape was always rolling in case a gem should get away. Perhaps he might just play chords and then progression from those chord bases. The rhythm was dictated by the feeling and mood of the lyrics of the song and the time signature and beat dictated by the meter of the dominant lyric lines. Unquote. First of all, I love Peter's detail. I love that he talks about Freddie's process. I love that he talks about those tiny little instances, those things that are so minor, but they mean so much. And he actually did elaborate on words that Freddie initially wrote to introduce this song. And I'll tell you a little bit more about those first lyrics you hear, because there's a little bit of humor in that process. (laughs) I'm not going to repeat the exact words because they could be considered offensive, but I'll tell you a little bit more about those as I get into the breakdown itself for Life is Real. The really detailed dive breakdown. I do have some praise, some how dare they, a little bit of both from critics and fans, actually. So occasionally, Several of the lyrics are criticized. I'll tell you more about them. Mainly by fans, music critics tend to admire the artistry and the expression. This is not uncommon. To be edgy like that is to be applauded in, in, in the media. You know, it's just something that happens. Now, retrospective reviews, especially from more casual fans who simply want to review Queen's music, It seems to me, because I poured through many of them, they tend to find this unimaginative and boring. Even if they recognize the tribute sentiment, and even if they defend hot space generally, I do want to talk about that a little bit. So there's this interesting argument. There's there's this interesting flux. It's not a flux, sorry, but it's a little bit of a rift between fans, young and old, no matter what generation. I think it's more common for younger fans to like this song more, or excuse me, we're talking about Hot Space, to like Hot Space more. But there's this sentiment among some that nowadays Hot Space is perceived as some greater piece of work than it actually is because people want to defend it saying, well, it was harshly criticized at the time because of the time it was released. So people will say, oh, yeah, but it's so innovative. And then you got, you know, people who will say, well, it's actually not. You know, so, so, and I think I talked about this on my hot space introduction too. But anyway, so there there are people who defend hot space. There are people who, who are like, yeah, I really like hot space. But they still, they don't find anything too imaginative about life is real. Now, fans who don't care for this, also think of it like I did. It's that it's an impersonation rather than a personal expression written in the style of Lennon. And that's where the context is. Because I'm telling you, that changed my mind about this song, big time, to know that this was coming so much from Freddie's heart. That changed my opinion drastically. And I think if more people knew that, 
even if they don't care for the style of the song or perhaps they don't care for John Lennon's writing. There are those people who don't care for the Beatles, you know? So I still think when you learn that this is a very personal thing coming from Freddie that's quite close to him, that changes things, especially if you're a Queen fan and you love Freddie Mercury. You know, that, that should be enough for you to go, oh, and you kind of open your ears a little more. You're like, wow. Now there is praise for this song. John Millward, I've talked about him before, Rolling Stone, in his review for Hot Space, this statement was toward the end of that review. And he said, quote, for unsurpassed solipsium, meaning only one's mind is sure to exist, if you didn't know. Mercury offers Life is Real, song for Lennon. Torsos in my closet, shadows from my past, life is real. As Mercury slips into a breathless, plastic ono sounding real, one is grateful that soul is still something money can't buy. Unquote. Now that little tack on the end of that, One is grateful that soul is still something money can't buy. I think at the beginning of his review, John was quite critical of, because there were moments where he basically wrote, I don't know why people would spend money on on this, but he's recognizing this as that, yeah, it's a very reflective piece. It's a very contemplative and softer piece. And it's nice. And by and large, The Queen fandom, aside from the occasional lyrical complaint, tend to be split right down the middle on this. And from those who approve of it, I've read everything from this is really decent to, wow, I really love this. So it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic. There's an interesting spectrum of what people think about this song. Freddie's honest, natural delivery is praised. The song's presence on an otherwise very dance-heavy album is a welcome palate cleanser. And I get the feeling those who enjoy it may not realize just how personal the song is, even if they do enjoy it. I, I, think, I think that little bit of magic that's so important is in some ways missing. And if that's the case, I'm really happy to have introduced that to you about this song because it's a special one twinkly piano in octaves it's very simple on the second beat which isn't immediately obvious it's a pulse as if it's life itself right that piano and then freddie comes in guilt stings on my pillow he sings it so much better than i just did <laughs> but Guilt stains on my pillow. The drums, the bass arrive the same moment. Roger's beat is very straightforward. His knowing when to keep it reserved. The history of this lyric, I was telling you guys about the first lyric of the song. Guilt stains on my pillow. Some think it's a reference to tears, but it's far more intense than that. When Freddie first started writing this, and this was additional stuff from Peter Freestone's Quote, it was a much more blunt lyric. Blank stains on my pillow. Just think about it. It's a bed, okay? I'll leave that to you. Anyway, Freddie changed it multiple times (laughs) before arriving at guilt stains, apparently. 
So if there's any humor in this song, that is the moment. And it's kind of nice that, to know that, actually, because it's Freddie. You know, he had his playful moments, that banter, that silliness. I think that's one of the reasons I love who he was so much is because we get this really aggressive in your face, Freddie, on stage. And then there's these moments where obviously he was much more sometimes reserved and or much more soft and fun and relaxed and just himself. So it's nice to get those glimpses into who he was, the history of lyrics like this. The arrangement of this is so simple, the bass falling down the scale with the piano in those verses. Accent notes on the piano. Really, the melody of this is quite soft, unassuming through much of it. Then we get that wonderful lyric mentioned from Rolling Stone earlier. Torsos in my closet, shadows from my past life is real. Isn't that pretty deep? Torsos in my closet, shadows from my past. There's a lot of baggage. We all have baggage. And what a beautiful way of saying it. It's tragic, but what a real way of saying it. Roger rides the hi-hat, gentle flourishes of cymbals. The piano rises in arpeggios. John enjoys a little dance on his bass. I was talking about John and his lyrical bass. This might be the prettiest stuff we've heard from him so far on Hot Space, at least some of it. You know those moments like Millionaire Waltz at the beginning? Dragon attack in his solo. The versatility of this man on bass cannot be praised enough. I love it. The little accents, the bent notes. A subtle synth appears to resolve into the next verse. And Raj rolls in gently. Sleeping, this is Freddie, sorry. Is my leisure. Waking up in a minefield. I sadly ignored this lyric for far too long because I get it. I felt it. Haven't you? Sleeping is my leisure. Waking up in a minefield. And maybe it's in a dream or maybe it's real, you know? You wake up out of that peacefulness into a disaster. But I've felt that. And I don't know how I could miss that brilliant lyric. The bridge we move into changes tone, that minor key, that minor touch, and chromatically, the boys fall into Freddie's revelation that success isn't all it's made out to be, always. Let's talk about Freddie's vocals. How affecting, how natural, rich, soothing he sounds. This is a far cry from his aggressive body language. His voice is less colorful a bit more detached compared to earlier ballads, but I think it's very fitting. His natural tone here is effortless. This sounds so genuine. Not to say that, that what we get from the boys isn't ever genuine. I've always felt like what we get is a real expression that's not some fabricated thing. A lot of artists, performers will put themselves in a role and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think by and large, a lot of the stuff we get from Queen is quite telling. And it, this is certainly that. But to hear Freddie's voice here, when you think about another one bites the dust or tie your mother down. You know, we could go back so far talking about aggressive numbers from Queen. And then you get this. And number one, it's effortless. And number two, 
he just sounds so accessible and human. And like he's singing all of these thoughts that we're all having. Yeah, I'm getting deep, but that's what this song is. Instrumentally, this section is lush, cohesive. We're still in that, in that bridge. Roger's drumming. John keeps stealing my attention on bass. And finally, we get to loneliness is my hiding place. And Brian appears for the first time, all sparkly, just a little gritty. Now, the, now this next lyric is quite blunt, so bear with me. I'm going to say it because it's a real word. It, it's not a swear word or anything like that, but I'll give you some context too. So we get loneliness is my hiding place. And then he comes in, breastfeeding myself. Now it's polarizing. Absolutely. The moment people hear it, this is so polarizing. Many people hate this song simply because of that one moment. But let's talk about that word. Let's talk about that word, breastfeeding. Okay, let's talk about it. I get it. Let's think about what he's saying. Comfort, comforting myself. When you look at the mood and the words around it, suddenly it makes sense. Freddie's telling us he falls into himself, trying to find something soothing. Right, so it's a very graphic way of saying it. And you can still not, you can still think it's not great or you can still think, oh gosh, that takes me out of it. Because I'll be honest with you guys, before I realized just how personal this song was coming from Freddie, I, I thought, was that really necessary? That was, my, that was my thought. But I think when I, when I pick apart the lyrics and when I, when I look at the sentiment of the song, I do understand it. And we get these next lyrics, which are so good. What more can I say? I have swallowed the bitter pill. I can taste it. I can taste it. Life is real. So he's telling us all the hurt, the pain, the suffering, it's all right there. It's, it's got him gripped in it. It's pretty heartbreaking, actually. But everyone's performance here, the strummed guitar, Roger's cymbals, John locked in, that brilliance, that perfect touch on his bass. The dynamics are lovely. The movement of these chords, the whole steps in that life is real transition with those harmony vocals from Freddie. The flutter of the guitar, that trill, the way we fall into the softer arrangement, down the scale again, Roger's cymbal leads in. And Brian's solo here is soulful, it's expressive, singable, absolutely, electric, acoustic, jangly, impressive. Freddie's synths rise to greet that resolve. Now, supposedly, program drums were in this last verse. Music will be my mistress. Loving like a whore. I realize that is a, another word that might shock and stun. That is another moment where people might go, wow. You know, it's interesting. We have a song here that is so, it's so reserved in a way 
on the surface, but then we get these words like this and this, these phrases like this that are some of the most forward that we've heard. That's not to say the guys haven't sung about sex or just wanting and needing something like that, that desire, but this is different. This is, these are words that, you know, when you use them, they are extremely affecting and the character around them is unquestionable, I think. So for him to say something like that, it surprises and stuns. But Freddie's telling us, this is my love. I'm married to music, if you will. I know how that feels. I used to say that. I, I used to say when I was younger, whoever I'm with has to understand I'm married to music first. That, that is how you know when something is in your blood, right? Whatever it is, music, art, math, <laughs> science, chemistry, astronomy, whatever you have an affinity for. You know, if you love it that much, it's like the world has to know it. The synth swell surrounding Freddie's expressive, softer tone. And he gives us his love for Lennon's work, the cruelty of life and its realness. And to cap it, Another word that I won't say, but we've all thought life is a, the fade out is appropriate. And once this is done, it feels quite satisfying. It's relatable in that way. And once you realize where this is coming from, it's not just a nod to an artist and a man he admired. This is not just a made up tale of someone who feels life this way. This is how Freddie feels. And in a way, I think that makes it the most emotionally special song on Hot Space, or at least one of. So if you haven't explored Life is Real, song for Lennon, enough. I think you should go back and listen to it again. Take in the lyrics, go and read them, and really think about what Freddie's saying to all of us. And the fact that this is a man who loved to celebrate life and embrace it and live it to the fullest, that goes without saying. He was willing to live life on the absolute edge just to live it. And yet he had these moments of loneliness and doubt and fear. And there were times when he was on top of the world, as were the rest of the boys. And we still get this admission from him. That's a special thing to have actually. So Life is Real, Song for Lennon. And I think this was quite a long episode, which is kind of nice because I hadn't done one in a while. And I'm glad to have taken this little journey with you. Go check it out. Life is Real, Song for Lennon. Listen to a live performance or two if you can find them. They're really quite stunning and magically done and beautiful. The guys had that touch with this song and I think it's great. Keep yourselves alive. And I'll be back next time with a number so different from this. It's one of my favorites, actually. And we will talk all about that bouncy, happy, encouraging little thing. But until then, please be well, yes, and shine on, shine on. And know that when life is so real, you are not alone. All right, guys. Take care.